So we've been doing this series uh, for the last couple of weeks called Stressed Out. And I hope that uh, the first two weeks were helpful. I hope that some of, the, some of that kind of resonated with you and you've been trying to think through this and whether this life is supposed to be lived as stressed out as you've been living it, whether or not you, you're, whether God intended for you to live this life where all of the burden, all of the weight, all of the stuff, all the responsibility all of the tragedy, all of the loss, all of the, all of the turmoil is supposed to just rest on you, if that's really the way this is supposed to work. So what we're looking at is like that, that's absolutely not the way this is supposed to be. Like you're not supposed to live life where you're the one holding all the balloons. All right, that's not the way this is supposed to work. But if, 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 uh, if I'm right, even if those, those first couple of messages in that series were helpful, um, I'm still not sure you know what to do on like a daily basis. Like how do, how do you deal with this on a daily basis? It's one thing to understand a promise. It's one thing to understand we talked about last week that, that God has offered to be our refuge, our hiding place, that he's, he's, he's willing and, and like he's, he's purposed, he's intentional about being the one that we can come and hide behind. When life is at its worst and things are at its darkness, he, he wants to be the one that you hide behind, the place where you come and find refuge and hope, and grace, and forgiveness. He wants to be that for you. But the beauty of that promise, and it is a beautiful promise, is, is, is not necessarily sufficient when it comes to what do you what do, you do on like Thursday, you know? When, when, when Thursday comes and it's got its own weight and it's got its own struggles all over again, the things that you went to bed thinking about are the things that you still wake up thinking about, you gotta know what to do. On a day-in, day-out basis, how do you deal with this? The first week we talked about how you are not, <laughs> you are not strong enough, you are not great enough to handle all the things going on in your world. And last week we talked about the promise that God has offered to be your refuge, your hiding place, your strength. And this week we're going to talk about what to do on a daily basis to live in that and rest in that and take hold of that promise. You know, so first, first Peter 5-7, you can turn there in your, in your Bible if you want to, but you don't have to. Um, really, Psalm 62 is where you're going to need to be. But First Peter 5-7, it, it's this invitation to you and I. And it's a beautiful invitation, but it's, it's, it's to those of us who are stressed out, those of us who are struggling, those of us who are struggling not with just like the little stuff, like you're a little bit busier than you'd like to be, but the huge stuff, like your future, like your sin like shattered relationships, like the darkest places where you find yourself. Those of us who are struggling with those type things, it offers this invitation. It says in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says that you can cast all your anxieties, all of them. You can cast all your anxieties upon him, him being Jesus. You can cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. It's just a simple, beautiful little phrase that you can cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Do you believe that he cares for you? Do you really think that the God of the universe who spoke stars into existence, who, who, who is throughout universes, cares about you? He does. He absolutely does. He cares enough about you to send his son to die for you. Like, the, the God who spoke the universe into existence cares enough about you and I to die for to dive out of heaven after us, to be our rescue, to be our hiding place, to be the one who, who fixes all that's been broken. He absolutely cares about you. And so it makes this promise, this invitation in 1 Peter 5, 7, that, that you can cast, you can, you can throw off, you can give over all of your anxieties, 
All the things you're terrified about, all the things that you worry over, all the things that you're not certain of, all, the, all of your failures, all the things that you just can't get right no matter how many times you try, you can cast all those onto the person of Jesus because he cares about you. He loves you enough to take them on himself. And that is a beautiful invitation. So listen, think about this. Worry or anxiety? Not like clinical anxiety. I'm saying like worry and stress, like that kind of, that kind of anxiety. Like worry, it has its root in, in pride. Like it, it has its, it, it, worry, it comes from a, a place of pride. You ever thought about that? And the reason why is this, because, because worry comes from a, a place where you're the one that has to worry over something because you've accepted and held on to responsibility for it. Even if it's something that you have really no business holding responsibility for. Like when I, when I worry over what my, what my kids are going to be doing when I'm 16, when, they, when they're 16 years old, I'm, I'm over 16. When they're, when they're 16 years old, I'm worried about that. I'm taking responsibility for choices my kids are going to make 10 years from now. And I, I have no, I, I, can't, I can't make those choices. But I'm holding on to it. I'm, I'm gathering up responsibility for stuff I don't have any control over. Well, the, the things that we worry over are the things that we are saying, this one's mine. This balloon, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take this one. And, and, and my future, like my, my, my college choice, I'm going to hold that balloon. And in my career path, I'm going to hold that one. And the person that I'm going to marry, I'm going to get that one too. And, and then I'm going to also take responsibility for all of my sin. I'm just going to like try to hoss up and like be awesome and not do stuff anymore or whatever, right? I'm going to do that. And then I'm gonna, all of my friendships, I'm, although they're kind of like falling apart because of senior year and that's what happens, I'm going to like throw my leg around that one, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I've got this. That comes from a place of pride because you think you've got it. We worry over the things that we think we're responsible for, so worry in itself is rooted in pride. But listen, just like that game, you're not really meant to do that. Now, I imagine when I do that, and I worry over a lot of stuff, and I have this, this same as you, I have a, a, like a propensity, a, a habit of picking up all the things, and I'm going to take care of all of it. I just imagine God looking down at me, like trying to cling on to all the stuff. I've got, I've got all 20, God. I got this, you know. I just imagine him looking down at me and being like, I've got pretty big hands. Just imagine like God looking down at me, holding, holding my huge things that to him were not huge, and just saying like, he's got the whole world. Right? And I'm like, no, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Comes from a place of pride. And so it gets to 1 Peter 5, 7. Like you can, you can give him all this stuff because he cares about you. And it is this beautiful promise. Does it sound too beautiful? You can cast all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. You can just give God over. You can, you can hand over all the stuff. You can, you can lay all this stuff down at his feet. And he's going to take care of it because he cares. Does that sound too beautiful to you? Sometimes it does to me. Sometimes that sounds, that sounds like too simplistic. And in one sense, it, it almost is because practically, do you have any idea how to do that? Practically, think, think in your head right now. Practically, like tangibly, do you have any idea how to cast your anxieties onto Jesus? If you don't, then you can't, right? So 1 Peter 5, 7 is a beautiful promise that if you, you, you can cast your anxieties on him because he cares about you, but until you, like, figure out how to do that on a daily, consistent basis, you won't. And you'll be standing there holding all the balloons like a crazy person. 
So by the end of tonight, I, I want to give you some very practical, like tangible stuff, like stuff that works on Thursdays to be able to figure out how you can begin to be a person who actually does this, who's, who accepts this invitation, this beautiful promise of casting your anxieties on Jesus. So we're going to get this picture. We're going, we're going to build a picture of how to do this out of Psalm 62. So if you've got a Bible, go to Psalm 62 or an app or whatever. I don't care. Um, Psalm 62 is where we're going to be tonight. And I really do want you to be able to put your eyes on it. I want you to be able to like take some notes, so like get some paper out or pen. I mean, because you're going to forget all this stuff. You know, you know, you forget everything I say 20 minutes after I say it. All right, so write something down if it's helpful. Yeah, you, know, you got multitasking. Switch over to the notes app because um, if if God says anything to your heart tonight that's helpful, like you're going to forget it. That's why we take notes when we're doing stuff like this. Psalm 62 is where we're going to be. It really is starting about verse five, and it what it's going to do. It's going to give us. Three things that the psalm writer is doing or has already done. Three things the psalm writer has done that enables him to do this. And so what we're going to kind of glean out of that is things that you have to do, that you've got to figure out how you can do yourself if you're going to do this, if you're going to be able to give away your burdens. If you're going to give your burdens to Jesus, there's three things that you've got to, there's at least three that you've got to figure out how to do that we're going to find in this passage, all right? So Psalm 62, beginning in verse 5, looking for these three things, it says this, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my, uh, my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. And he turns to us and he speaks to us. He says, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. There's three things that I want us to find in this passage that you're going to have to do if you're going to start learning how to actually give away your burdens, to actually cast your anxieties on Jesus. There's three things the psalmist is getting right and he's encouraging you and I to do as well. And I want you to know what these things are because Thursday's coming, all right? So the first one is this. The first thing that, that the psalmist gets right and that you've got to get right as well, you've got to do this daily, daily. The first thing you've got to do daily is to give him your burdens is you've got to really know him. You've got to get to know him. Like if, if you're going to be a person who understands how to cast your anxieties on Jesus, then you've got to get to know Jesus. You have to actually have to know him, not just know about him, not just have heard some stuff or whatever, but, but know him. And the way that you know him is through the word of God. So listen, if, if, you, if, you're, if you're stressed out and like the weight of the world is on your shoulders and all of your sins still rests on you and you're not really sure what's going to happen for eternity, like you're not sure what's going to happen for tomorrow. And this idea of casting your anxieties on someone, this something, this, this being greater than all of this sounds somewhat helpful to you, then you have to know the one to whom you're running. You can't, you can't find refuge in one you don't know. And so on a daily basis, you and I have to be people who are growing in our understanding of who God is through his word. Listen, greenhouse is not enough for you. Like if the only time that you're, you're getting any inflow about who this God is, who like sent his son to die for you, if the only time you're learning anything more about him, getting to know him, is like an hour on a Wednesday night, y'all, that's entirely insufficient. Maybe you show up on Sunday morning, you're part of a small group, and you hang out and you talk about Scripture for another 45 minutes. That's awesome, but it's still insufficient. Listen, you've got to figure out a way to spend time getting to know God deeper and deeper and deeper on a daily basis, just you and him. 
where you allow the word of God to like work in your life. You've got to figure out a way. Listen, I'm telling you, I've been on the other side of this. I've, had, I've, I've spent years, your age, not spending any time with the word of God. And I didn't grow at all until I finally started reading it. I hate reading. All right, Britton, I hate reading. I don't care. All right? Like, I don't care. This isn't like reading like you read. This is allowing the Holy Spirit of God to use the breathed out word of God to change your life. And so if you're going to be a person who's going to give away your anxieties to this God, that, like, you've got to be getting to know him on a daily, consistent basis. Listen, if this God is infinite, then there's, infinite, there's an infinite amount that you can learn about him. You're not going to run out of things to learn about him. And if you're bored with your faith, it's because you're not investing yourself in it. You've got to be spending time in the word. Listen, people don't trust people they don't know. Do you trust people you don't know? Like some, it's like that kid sitting, you know, that one row in front of you that you've never seen before in your entire life. Like, would you let them hold your iPhone? No, that dude's a creeper. Like, you don't let you know. You, we've all been in the Target line or something, the Target checkout line, and you're like, there's a baby in the cart in front of you, like a toddler or something. And you're like, I'm going to be the nice person that like waves at the kid, and they're staring at you until you wave at them, and then they go, "What's your deal?" Like, even like we all get it. We don't trust people we don't know. And some, for some of you, listen to me. Some of you, the reason that you don't trust God with your stuff is because you don't know him. You know about him. You're not, you haven't spent any time getting to know him and figuring out what his character is like and what the nuance of the relationship that he wants to have with you. You don't know him, so you can't trust him. You've got to sit down on a daily basis and open the word of God and work through it. Your leaders, they're people who have done this. Some of the people in your small groups, like you know who they are, the ones who have actually invested themselves in the word of God. If you never have, talk to somebody and say, hey, where, okay, so I really haven't like spent a lot of time with the Bible before. Like, where, where could I start? So tonight before you leave, ask your leader, like, hey, where's a good starting point for me? Like, I, I'm where Britton was talking about. I'm not really like reading any scripture or something. So where can I start? The truth of the matter is, um, nobody's going to be shocked by that. <laughs> what they'd be shocked by if you walked up and like, I read the whole Bible last year. We'll give you a hug, all right? Because for some reason, for some reason, getting teenagers to read the breathe out word of God, the thing that's going to change your life, that's going to like give you everything you need for life and godliness is the one thing that you run from. First thing you got to do to daily give him your burdens is you've got to get to know him. As you get to know him, trust is going to start developing has the opportunity to develop. The second thing, so then that leads to the second thing, the second thing you've got to do to daily give him your burdens, you've got to start trusting him. You've got to figure out how to trust him. Now, this isn't a thing that happens overnight. You can't just say, I trust you, I'm in. Is that the way it works with your friends? Like, is that like you, you meet some new, new kid in class like the first day of school and like you just decide you're going to trust them with your life? No, that's weird. Like you don't do that. Like seven years later, if you've been investing in that relationship consistently, then maybe... Maybe not, okay? <laughs> like, you at least have the chance to. See, trust is a thing that's built. Verse 6 says this. He says, he only is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. He says this. He says, on God rests my salvation and my glory. He's my mighty rock. My refuge is God. And he tells you to trust him at all times. Think about the magnitude of these statements. The psalmist is writing these statements, and if this is true of him, this is crazy. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. 
So the only thing that is a rock in this, in this, in this writer's life, the only thing in, in his life that is his rock, his like solid ground, the only thing he's looking to for his eternity, the only place that he runs and hides when everything is awful is God and God alone. Think about the trust that's implicit in that statement. He doesn't run anything else. He's not, he's not chasing after anything else. He's not finding solid ground in something else. He's not, he's not looking to a, like a, a friend or a coworker or a wife or a parent. He's not looking to anybody else. My, my rock and my salvation, my fortress. He's saying, I trust him so much. I'm, I'm, I hide my soul in him. I ain't going to be shaken. Verse 7, he says, on God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is his God. He's like, all I've got, all I need, all I stand on, all I hide behind is just God himself. I don't need anything. Think about the trust in that. That I'm, I'm setting all of, my, all of my good. He says my glory. I'm setting all of my good, like the potential for good in my life. I'm setting it in his hands. I'm trusting him with that. You and I can't make statements that clean. If we were being honest, it would be more like, um, God, I want I want to trust you enough to um, at least consider your will for my life. That might be a little more accurate. But he's, he's over here saying, I, I trust him completely for all, like, for, as, my, as my rock, my refuge. And he turns to you and he says, trust him at all times. Those are massive statements, most of which would not be true for you yet. But what if they were? Think about that. Let's, look at me. What, what if those statements were true of you? Like, like, when you walked through trials, when you walked through storms of life, when sin, like temptation, like reared its head in your life, that you had a, a fortress that you trusted in completely, a place that you knew that you could run and hide, like you could, you could hide in this fortress, this refuge, and you were going to be okay to the point that you could say with complete confidence, I will not be shaken. What if you had that kind of trust in him? How do you get there? How do you get from where you are to having a trusting relationship with Jesus like that? Can you? You absolutely can. So how, do you, how would you do that? It's daily sitting down and getting to know him. It's the first thing, right? And then as you're getting to know him, the second thing is this. You have to start trusting him. You have to test the ice. We don't have ponds that freeze in Alabama because it's Alabama, right? Like if, if one frosts over, we're real excited about it. You know, like, like last, I think it was last year that the, uh, the, the Cunningham's pond out front, you know, it like froze over on Mount Zion Road a little bit. And I was like, can I stand on it? You know, because <laughs> it's Alabama. We don't see stuff like that. But like you can imagine if you had the chance to, how, like you can imagine how you would behave, right? Like what I would do, I would get like as close to the edge as possible. I'd be like, okay, all right, okay. And then I, I would like get, I'd like hang on to my buddy and I'd get my foot out here and I'd be like, ooh, ooh, ooh. okay, okay, okay. Ha! 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 Yeah, right? What? You do the surfer thing, and you... Whoa. You get the other foot down for, like, you got to spread the weight out, right? And so you're down here, like, ha, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Get the camera. Yeah. Okay. And you do this. Yeah. No, right? Yeah, and you're out, you're out here on it, and you're like, okay, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, we're good, 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 we're good. Oh, I think we're okay. You guys, I'm on a pond. It's precarious, but I'm on it, right, right? 
And that first step you take so tentatively because you don't know what's going to happen. You're not really sure you can trust this thing or not yet, so you step out on the ice like that. But when you've been out there for half an hour, like, playing hockey and, like, driving your Jeep around on it and doing donuts, like, you're, like, that's totally what I would do. That's totally my dream in life, right? And you're, you're, you're fine, okay? You're not out here, like, listening for cracks and stuff. You're just having a great time. You're out here just doing, doing you because now you trust it because the first step is the first step. The 10,000th step is not that scary. The first step's terrifying, Listen, if you, if you want to get to the point where you can say of Jesus that I have cast all my anxieties on him, he's my rock and my fortress, I will not be shaken. I don't have to worry about being shaken when all this crazy in life comes. Like if my boyfriend breaks up with me, I'm going to be fine because he is not my fortress. Jesus is my fortress. Like if you want to have a relationship like that, you have to test the ice. See, I think for too many Christians, we live these lives where we know a lot about biblical stories, but not really the the person of Jesus. We haven't really spent much time with the Word of God, so we really don't know the one we're talking about. So we're we're not getting to know him any more deeply. And then even when we are getting to know him, we're not testing the ice. We're not stepping out and actually giving him the chance to uphold us, to be refuge, because we're too busy holding all the balloons. We've got all of our stuff in. It's nice to know about this Jesus, and we're going to be friends. We're not going to be the kind of friends that rely on each other. Jesus is over here saying, I've got, I've got pretty big hands. What would it look like tomorrow for you to take one step out on the ice and trust him a little bit with that one thing and, and like spend some time with him and, and like literally try to like imagine, okay, God, I'm going to trust you with this one. You gotta test the ice. And then when that works out, you get a little bit more at ease. And then you test another one out and you keep pushing. And all of a sudden you realize that this God that you hadn't been relying on is entirely and completely reliable. You can have this fortress. So the first thing you've got to do on a daily basis is you've got to be getting to know Him consistently. You don't make friends with somebody by talking to Him once. You gotta be getting to know him consistently through the word of God. Second, you've got to test the ice. You've got to start trusting him. And third, you've got to pray. I don't know why that seems like a hard thing. Praying like has never been a thing that just kind of happened for me naturally. I've talked to some people like, I pray in the car, I'm praying in the shower, and I was like, I'm praying that you're a liar. Because like I'm that's I don't that's not me, man. Like I have to work at this. Prayer is an intentional thing for me, and for a lot of you, it's gonna be. Now, if, if, you, if, if prayer comes easy for you, that's awesome, and praise God for that. But for those in the room who are more in my boat, where you have to think this thing through and remember to do it, yeah, we have to be people who are praying. Why? Verse 8, the second half, it says this. It says, pour out your heart before him, for God is a refuge for us. And yeah, trust him at all times. But then A B comes right behind it. It's like it's connected to how to trust him. You trust him through this pouring out your heart before him. You've had conversations with people probably at least once in your life that like most stoic dude in the room's like, no. But like everybody else has had this that these conversations where you literally pour out your heart to somebody about all the crazy, about all the stuff that's going on, and you just kind of get on this roll, and you've been talking for 20 minutes and didn't realize it, and you're just venting all of the crazy at another human being. We do that with people that we trust. But the person that you vented to that day is not the God of the universe and cannot really do anything about probably anything you said. But there is one who can. 
He's your rock, your fortress, your refuge. And so when you and I, the way that we do that, the way that we test the ice is by sitting down and talking to this God that we've been getting to know through Scripture and pouring out our hearts and laying down all of the crazy and being gut-level honest about how we feel about life right now, and it's not going to be good. Talking to him about all the things, that, all the times that you tried to overcome that sin and just absolutely failed because you're holding all the balloons. And talk about how frustrating that is. Talk about how deep the hurt is. Talk about how dark the darkness is. Pour out your heart before him, for God is a refuge for us. Listen, just like in all that game, in the game, I think a lot of us are trying to hold all the balloons, trying to hold all the burdens. And I imagine God watching you, looking down on you as you're holding all of your things and trying to keep your life together. And you're trying so hard. And the whole time he's like, I can help. Let me help. I literally dove out of heaven to die for you. Like, let, let me help. Let me in. You don't have it. But he can't. I think, um, I think the invitation to trust, uh, to trust daily in Jesus is an invitation to con- consistently give over what we're struggling with, to give over the burdens, to give over the weight on a daily basis. That doesn't mean once a year at fall retreat, you go sit down at late night and you lay all the burdens down at his feet and you're like, okay, here it is for this year. I'll see you next time. No, daily, consistently. Sitting down with him and having this conversation, praying, telling him about the struggle, telling him about where you're weak, telling him about where you're afraid, handing that over to him. It's going to be terrifying the first three times, but the 10,000th time, you're going to be fine. Because listen, this is, this is what I found out about myself. The seasons where I stop telling God about all the things that are heavy on my heart, the season where I stop telling him about those daily, where I stop communicating with him about those, those are the times that my flesh like, starts trying to pick up all the balloons again. When I stop giving them to him repeatedly and just over and over again, like this is still a mess. I still don't know what to do with this. Those are the times when I'm like, I'm gonna get, I got I'm going to get this one back. And before I know, I'm holding all the balloons again. So daily, consistently, you have to be handing this stuff over to Jesus over and over again. Because the the fleshly part of you, the sinful part of you, still thinks you're smarter than he is. And so you're still going to try to pick up all the balloons. Daily, what you and I have to do, if you're going to be somebody who accepts that invitation of 1 Peter 5, 7, to cast all your anxieties on him because he cares about you, you've got to get to know him. Daily, getting to know him more and more. Growing in your understanding of who he is because you don't trust people you don't know. And then you've got to step out on the ice and you've got to like start having these prayers and laying this stuff down and saying, God, I, I don't know what to do with this. Could you, could you give me your wisdom? God, like, could, could, I just don't know what to do. Trust him with a little and then you're eventually you'll be able to trust him with a lot. And you do that consistently by sitting down and laying it all out there in prayer. Daily, multiple times a day. Every time you see that jerk in third block, like every day. God, I can't do this. Give me your strength by your spirit to help me do this. I can't do this. So listen, if you're stressed out and you're drowning, we've all been there. We get it. That's why we did this series, because when I talk to you, I just feel stress coming off of you. You're not meant to live that way. Listen, Jesus died on the cross to pay for your burden, to pay for your sin. And it's offered to take it away from you. 
He's offered to give you everything you need for life and godliness through his word. And if you will trust him, rely on him, he will be your strong fortress. He will be your refuge if you will let him. Too many of us know about him and will not trust him with anything. We don't spend any time in the word. We don't spend any time in prayer. And we definitely don't trust him with our stuff. If you're drowning, it's because that's you. You're holding all the balloons. Tonight, would you give some up? Tonight, would you, just knowing what you know of God, would you, would you be willing to just, just say a prayer right there where you are, just in your heart of hearts, and just say, God, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I got some stuff, and I don't know what to do about any of it. Would you just be honest with him right there where he said? Just start a conversation. I want you to be able to say what the psalmist says in Psalm 62, where he says, For God alone, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. I want to pray for you. Father, um, uh, I think a lot of us in the room, if we were being honest, are trying really hard to handle all the things that are going on in our world. Um, and we're not really doing so great. And it feels like we um, consistently are failing over and over again. Um, So, Father, my prayer for myself and each one of us is that instead of us trying harder to just keep all the balloons up, that we would just look to you. That we we would lean on you, that we would rely on you instead of ourselves that we would make some, some habits daily and that we would, we would do the things we've got to do daily to, to consistently hand those things over to you. Father, help us to hand those things over to you. For the ones in the room, Father, who, who have never trusted you as their Savior, I pray that they would, they would come to a point where they would be ready to hand all of their sin over to you for the first time, to be forgiven. For the Christians in the room who... Um, are consistent, and they show up, but they're really not trusting you. They're not getting to know you. I pray that tomorrow morning, like the thing that would be first on their mind and their heart would be spending time with the one who can change their life. Father, help us to trust you. It's hard to trust you. Help us to trust you. It's your son's name I pray. Amen.